0: opulent inventory our proud partners here on the show from iphones to macbooks to apple tv to apple watches to trade-ins and much more now you can have the apple product of your dreams visit opulent inventory on opulentinventory.com and on instagram my guy nash and guardy are the very best in the game to provide you the apple product of your dreams now let's get back to the show that you can never pass this so you cause another egg and lex like arena no i it's my planet it's my planet on my space you won't be jamming don't put me in the box keep on winning i no, don't stop think you got an easy lane i'm the Kembe with the blood, that's all you got yeah. i'm on another level yeah i'm on another level yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on another level yeah, yeah. like asap i'm on a new level okay We want to welcome those of you back here inside Studio Z, our Sebby Podcast radio show. Myself, Michael Gray, here again. This is Season 4, Episode 11 of our great show. Mike, this couldn't be the best time of the year. We've got (laughs) sports everywhere from NBA to NFL, the Super Bowl this weekend, to WNBA headline news, to... Uh, it's just, it's just the best time in sports, right? It's yeah, absolutely,
1: especially for Phoenix, Arizona. They got a two for one special this week. Super Bowl, <laughs> just got I mean, they live they live in large right now, ain't
0: Yeah, they? Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona is the place to be right now, man. You got yeah. the Super Bowl and yeah,
1: that it's 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 ultimately
0: the the head capital of sports right now. That's where you want to be right now. You funny Mike saying two for one. That's 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 funny right there. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great time of sports, especially basketball.
0: No doubt about that. How you feeling, big big fella?
1: All well. All is well. All is well. Brother, getting ready to head down south. My father's birthday today, so happy birthday, OG. Happy birthday, Pops. So it's all happy
0: love. Happy birthday, Pops, to you. Blessings, another uh, another born day. Uh, you got to count your blessings for that there for sure um, there as well. Well, let's get right into it, Mike, and let's start off with none other than wh- what's been the biggest headlines in the last 48 hours, and that's NBA trade deadlines. A lot of teams have been making moves Uh you know none other than Kevin Durant right well we'll start off with Kyrie Irving right Kyrie Irving was the guy that that kind of set off the antennas for the 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 world the, the NBA world requesting a trade manning his way out of Brooklyn and then finding a way to get to Dallas and now one thing I know about Mr. Michael Gray, is that wherever Kyrie Irving goes, that is going to be his team moving on forward. The Dallas Mavericks, Mike, they swing the fences and they swing for a big risk, but they go in and get Kyrie Irving to pair up with young Luka Doncic, who's just in his fourth season in the NBA. Now, ultimately, this becomes the best backcourt in the NBA. Not only the best backcourt, Mike, the most electrifying backcourt. You've got a guy in Luka who's a generational talent to go along with Kyrie Irving, who's some regard as maybe one of the greatest skilled players ever. You put that in the backcourt. Yes, they lost a lot on defense, especially with their best wing defender in Finney Smith. But you got to be able to think that Jason Kidd, the cerebral savant that he is, the basketball mind that he is, he'll try to figure out a way to make these two guys co- co-emmesh and have that cohesion to be able to play with each other how do you how do you think this works out for dallas and do they've got a chance to come out the west
1: uh they they absolutely have a chance to come out the west i think at the, the moment they made the trade that, that that was a lot of people's consensus that they had they have a legitimate shot to uh get get to the finals but uh you know at 1 a.m at 1 a.m the other day when kevin durant went to phoenix i think he shifted the paradigm uh as well but Man, man, it's 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 definitely an electric, electrifying backcourt. Uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's a lot of scenarios that come into it. Mark Cuban is a great businessman. Nico Harrison pulling the trade. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's a it's a lot of structure over there in Dallas, and they're building something. It's 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 a situation where a lot of the onus was on Luka, and you you saw a particular play from him all season long. But when you look at his record, you, you're wondering why why are they hovering around five hundred? With it, but a lot of it is because a lot of the onus is on him. But now you have someone in there like Kyrie Irving, probably the most uh, prolific uh, uh, player that Luca's played with in his career so far. This, this is going to be an interesting backcourt. This is going to be fun to see, and um, and it, it's going to it's very interesting because Kyrie still hasn't hasn't signed anything yet, and he still could walk at the end of the season. So. Uh, the the fact that the the Mavericks uh, took a gamble on this shows where they are in the situation how how how, how much they want to capitalize on Luka playing at, at such a high level and and see see how far we can go with this and, uh, and see if they if he potentially sees Dallas as a right fit for him moving forward to uh, re-sign in the offseason yeah definitely there
0: for sure What this tells me Mike, is Dallas cares right they yeah. know Luka's a generational talent they know that they need to get him some superstars right Luca has what about three or four years Left yes he signed that extension But he could walk in these next four years If he he doesn't see a championship level Team around him and again that The worst thing and the worst feeling you can have is Being a franchise with that type of generational Talent and not being able to say that I did enough or I Can walk away saying that I did What I could do right And so uh, you know in From Dallas perspective they took A chance showing Luca that you know that we're Committed we're invested in you We're going to go out and get you the best players possible. I think they really miss Jalen Brunson, Mike. I I think they really miss Jalen Brunson, his ability to take some pressure off of um, Luka Doncic when he goes to the bench or off-ball issues. Kyrie Irving is a significant upgrade over Jalen Brunson, although he's having an all-star year. But Kyrie Irving is a guy that he can play off-ball. You've already said that he will be the starting point guard. My only question is this, Mike. I've, I haven't seen Luka Doncic play off ball. That's the only thing I haven't seen. He's as great as he is with the ball. I don't know if he can come off screens, pin downs. Jason Kidd said they're going to play him in the post now. Maybe we'll see that that bird comparison come more. But I, I don't know if he can play off ball. I know Kyrie can. I've seen it. I've seen it in Cleveland with LeBron James. I've seen it in uh, Brooklyn, when KD has to get the ball, and even when they had Harden, that was with point guard duties. Kyrie was off ball playing shooting guard. My question is, can Luca, you know, one, play that off ball position at times and let Kyrie run the show, and two, also be able to allow himself and not his ego and pride get in the way of Kyrie Irving? That that's that's
1: the one thing I don't know about Luca yet. Your thoughts? Well, well. well. We've seen Luca play play off ball in, uh, in 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 the Euro leagues and the professional leagues out like, like out the country and stuff like that. But when it comes to the NBA, that hasn't really been his role, based on what's been um, what, what's been um, presented around him with the Dallas Mavericks since he's coming to the NBA. He's had to take on that that um that that, that 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 ball dominant type of role, and that that's that's been the most success for them so far with Luca Doncic, based on what they've had surrounded him with. So I do believe that let this is an opportunity not only for uh, Kyrie Irving to re- re- rewrite the narrative, but it's also an opportunity for Luca as well to to to, to show people, hey, uh, when I was overseas before, I, when I was playing professional overseas before I even came to the league, I was playing off ball. I was doing I was doing these type of things, but um, it, it's just a different role I was in there. Now I have an opportunity to show you guys what I can do, and I think this is a this the, based on the maturity of both these players and the and the point present where we are now. I believe this this could be a perfect mesh for the rest of this season and it's gonna it's gonna be very fun to watch and it could be enticing very enticing for Kyrie to potentially resign
0: yep no doubt about that. I think this team will be able to score with the best of them Mike they're gonna have elite offense they're gonna be able to put up points right they've mm-hmm. got shooters everywhere around Kyrie and Luca with Tim Hardaway jr with Reggie Bullock and some of these other guys that they're coming back with Davis Bertans. But the question is, it's going to be on the defensive side, Mike. Uh, how, how do you see this panning out? Because I think if Dallas wants to make a and, and want to be primed for a deep Western Conference run, it's going to be in that end of the floor. Yes, they lost uh, Witty um, and Finney Smith. H- how do you see that in, in on the defensive side of the
1: floor for them to make a run? It's definitely uh, – uh, J- J- Jason Kidd and this Mavs organization is definitely asking the current players that they have on this roster to compete at a higher level on the defensive side of the ball uh, lo- losing someone like Dorian Finney Smith and uh, on the perimeter is definitely going to hurt with switching and everything like that. However, they they do have the players that are that that are made up uh from from a competitive standpoint to compete on that side of the ball and that that's one of the main reasons why Jason Kidd won over this organization last year was because of the onus that he put on that side of the ball and how well Dallas was playing defensively last year. Um so I I do believe they have set players, young guys like Josh Green, Reggie Bullock on the perimeter, who who definitely compete at a high level. They're not Dorian for Smith size-wise, and, and 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 length and stuff like, that. They compete at a high level on that side. So I think they I think this this is a message to those guys that they have currently on their roster to compete at a high level. We saw a glimpse of that over the last. Uh, Few games or so, they won three of the last four games without Luka Doncic, and um, defensively they've been very competitive on that side of the ball. So I'm looking forward to seeing them compete. There's going to be times when they face adverse situations and they put themselves in a scoring in a in a, in a, in a scoring drought. But I, I do I do believe that you know with their offense when Luka comes back, their offense is going to be so potent that that'll set up a lot of their defense, and that's one of the things the Mavs are banking on. No doubt, no doubt about that. We'll see about
0: that, and maybe they get somebody on the buyout market too. We'll see about that as well. Let's quickly, before we go to the Phoenix, talk about the Nets, right? Um, Seemingly, I guess all it took was a little bit of Kyrie Irving for Cam Thomas to light up the, the building in BK. Because, my goodness, Mike, four, three straight games of 40-plus points, that's an NBA record. Michael, MJ, uh, LeBron, <laughs> Magic, Bird, nobody's ever done that in the history of basketball. Cam Thomas, little Cam Thomas was the only one to do it. What's the future now for the Nets? Right, the era is over. No Kyrie, KD, Harden, Ben Simmons. Now is probably the lone All Star in the team. Yes, they've got some great complimentary pieces back with Dinwiddie, who's back in a Nets uniform. Um, but but is is it is it the development of Cam Thomas? Where, where does the Nets franchise go from here?
1: Um, I, I think it's going to be development of young stars. I, th- I do think it's going to be tough for them to get a superstar any time in the foreseeable future. I think time is going to have to go on. Uh, it's going to have to tell on that. But I do believe that over time with the quality pieces that they do have right now and the head start that they have being in fourth, fifth place right now in the Eastern Conference, this is a team that for the foreseeable future, you're going to see compete at a high level. You're going to see rotational players. Uh, you're going to see them sneak up on teams and win some games. Uh, it's going to be a similar situation to how the Utah Jazz started off the season. Quality players on, on all over the, all over the court, unselflessness, and spreading the ball around. Everybody's uh, a, they're winning by community, mo- multiple games with guys uh, in, in in double digits and stuff like that. I think it's going to be a collective unit over time because Jacques Vaughn is going to get the best out of these guys. He's still coaching over there, and he's still no matter who's over there, it's always been about business and he, he's he been standing on business since he's been the head coach, and he's going to have those guys ready to go. So I do believe Brooklyn, for the foreseeable future, will be a competitive team, but they won't be a championship contender for uh, for quite some time.
0: It's always been said, Mike, whatever happens in the dark, the light. You know, teams, <laughs> the spotty-tweeted teams over here late at night in the dark making trades and blockbuster trades while people sleeping and, and not knowing and waking up in the morning finding out big surprises, I'd say none other than Kevin Durant also willing his way out of Brooklyn, heading to the desert and Phoenix, Arizona. Now, Mike, they have a pairing of DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. On paper, Mike, this looks like a team that can automatically contend for the NBA title and get out of the West. They didn't have to give much. Cam Thomas, Cam Tom. <clears throat> Cam Johnson, excuse me, was the only guy on their bench that they had to give up along with Mikel Bridges and and also some rotational players. But, Mike, I think Phoenix has their team still in core. Kevin Durant goes to in a position where, Mike, one, Kevin Durant belongs in the West, right? OKC, Golden State, this this is where he belongs. But number two, (laughs) this this feels like Golden State again, right? You got Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, and and you couldn't double because if you left somebody, they'll burn you, right? And so he gets back into a role where he gets to a team, much like Golden State, they're unselfish. They pass the ball. They're they're very unselfish. They're a motion offense team. They have shooters everywhere. And he gets in a position where he can work in on that elbow line in that mid-range game where he can isolate. One thing you want to do, Mike, you do not want to be on an island isolated with Kevin Durant. This is what this feels like. Uh, Imani Williams is an exception. Big, big ups to the Phoenix Suns, who might sacrifice their future for first-round picks to go out with Kevin Durant. Uh, I I think by far this has to be one of the teams to come out of the West. No disrespect to Denver or Memphis.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm actually surprised you even said Memphis because they've been out of this equation for the last 40, for, uh, 72 hours, in my opinion. I don't even think about Memphis when it comes to, you know, championship contenders at this point. Uh, you know, John Moran talking all that nonsense he did a, a, a <laughs> couple months ago about you no know, threats in the West and stuff like that. Man, karma is real, man. And the NBA had a message for him. And and, and boy, and boy, I, I bet you the West looks a lot deeper now. It than a did.
0: lot different now. When, when he made
1: those statements. So, it, it, we 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 in a situation now where uh, you you just you got so much firepower. The the, the Phoenix Suns are loading up their bet on right now they're, they're trying to get that championship. Uh, for Chris Paul, for Devin Booker, for those guys that have been loyal to them DeAndre Ayton and those guys Monty Williams. Uh, it's, it, it, they're, 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 this is this is a perfect situation for Kevin Durant because it's the perfect point guard to have for them. Um, a guy who's not really even looking to score that much unless the opportunity presents itself. And then you have another, another guy in Devin Booker who can we can, can fill in that. Can, yeah. He could fill in that Kyrie role of just giving him the ball and letting him get a bucket and get out of his way. You know what I'm saying? He could, he could do whatever he wants when he wants to and in big moments. So, uh, and then, then you still have the big man inside and in Deandre Aiden. That's, that that's going to be special. So uh, it's, to, yeah. to keep to keep to the fact that they kept Chris Paul and Aiden in this deal is, is real big,
0: and unlike Kyrie Irving, right? I, I think Kevin Durant's desired location was Phoenix. He wanted to play with with Chris Paul. Yeah. Some people say it's hard to play with Chris Paul. You look at Phoenix. Uh, you look at the Clippers era. You look at uh, New Orleans early in his career. Uh, Houston with James Harden. It's it's hard to play sometimes with, with James or with, with Chris Paul. But one thing you can say about Chris Paul, Mike, everywhere he's went. Everywhere he's went, since getting in the league and, and, and with the Hornets, he's he's been a winner. All his teams have been in positions, and they've always made the playoffs and always had a winning record. Even in Oklahoma City, in that stint that he stopped there, everywhere Chris Paul's went, he's been a winner, and his team has always been above 500 records or higher. That's one thing about Chris Paul; he's that good of a player. And and KD said he wanted to play with him. He's gonna have a chance now. The Nets wanted Devin Booker. Phoenix found a way to keep Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. To me, that was just astonishing. I thought they'd have to give one away. They found a way to keep both of them. Mike, this is going to be a handful for anybody in the West. It's going to be a handful. It's going to be. A, I, I think Devin Booker knows Kevin Durant's better than him. But I, I think sometimes he looks him in the eye and say, you know, I could do what you could do, too. Don't forget, I'm, I'm a guy who scored 40 points twice in the NBA finals as well. This is going to be a load for anybody in the West. Right?
1: Yeah, he's in the least four as well. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those type situations. So, I um, I'm- how they mesh on the court, Kevin Durant can play with anybody, <laughs> but I, and I know those guys will be able to figure it out. Um, but man, man, once they do, it's going to be fun to watch.
0: Doesn't this feel like a, a more seamless fit than what Kyrie and Harden was in in Brooklyn? Doesn't this feel like <sighs> a okay, this is a, a, a better fit, a better matchup. A lot of selfless players willing to sacrifice their own numbers, on that, probably do a little other things, get on the glass, play better defense. Doesn't this seem like a better uh, 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 place for for Ke- Kevin Durant to seemingly fit in an offense?
1: I believe I believe they're more equal than than, than than you think because of the the willingness to sacrifice their games that James Harden did when he came to Brooklyn. James Harden took took away that scoring role that he had in Houston and decided to be the lone point guard and allow Katie and Kyrie to be them. So, to me, that was a, a hell of a fit. The problem was with the, with the injuries and everything that was going on, we barely got to see it. But I believe that was a great fit, and I believe this is a great fit as well. I believe they both equaled each other out. And had they stayed healthy, James Harden and, K- and Katie and Kyrie would have a chip, in my opinion. But, you know, th- things happen. You know what I'm saying? But I, I do be- fit from a fit perspective. I do believe they they cancel each other out and they're much more equal um, than, uh, than you think.
0: No doubt, no doubt about that. There for sure, and of course, we could say probably a better uh, franchise and a better organization than yeah. 100%. What, what these I'm guys with had to that. deal
1: in, in, in Brooklyn. I'm with you on that. <laughs> no
0: doubt, no doubt about that for sure. Those weren't the only moves, Mike, that happened in trade deadlines. A lot of sneaky moves. Jay Crowder in the buyout market. After the trade involving him and Mikel Bridges buying out and going to the Milwaukee Bucks, Sadiq Bay in a blockbuster trade involving the Hawks and the Golden State Warriors finding a way to go to Atlanta. James Wiseman getting dealt with in Detroit. The Golden State Warriors get five second round picks, which they use to go to Portland and get Gary Payton the third. So a, a lot of sneaky things happen in the trade deadline. The, the, the Los Angeles Lakers, after LeBron James. James, uh, of course, made the past the all time scoring record. They went out and felt pressure and made some moves, getting D'Angelo Russell and Jared mm-hmm. Vanderbilt to tag that along with Mobamba, who had to send Patrick Beverly to the Orlando Magic. So a lot of sneaky moves that happened in the trade deadlines. Um, any, anything that you have any remarks on?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love I love some sleeper moves. There's definitely some sneaky ones. I I like Josh Richardson going to the Pelicans. I love his three and deeper aspect that he brings to the game. Another perimeter guard that can go out there and defend, knock down some big time shots, along with the other weapons that they have to that rotation. Um, you know, and they didn't. To me, they didn't give up much. Devontae Graham is a good player, but in that rotation this year, he hasn't been the brightest spot. So it 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 wasn't it wasn't like the Pelicans to me gave up a whole lot with that move. Um it, it was some other ones. I saw that the I I I say this. I think one trade that didn't happen was one of the best trades of the day, if you ask me. I saw that the 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 Chicago Bulls were looking to send Zach Levine to the Knicks right. at one point. Yeah and I believe that the fact that it didn't happen was one of the best things for the Bulls. I do believe right now you have to wait this out. If you are going to move Levine, I don't believe that was the spot to do it, and I don't believe that was the right situation to do it because I do believe at some point you would have eventually lost DeMar DeRozan because I don't believe DeMar DeRozan stays as well if you get rid of Zach Levine that quick and for the assets the Knicks were willing to give up. So I do believe that the Bulls keeping Zach Levine right now and potentially keeping him long-term or getting a better deal for him in the future, I believe that's one of the best non-deals that happened uh, yesterday. Oh, absolutely! New York almost was on the map, Mike. If they pulled out <laughs> that, that
0: move to wit with uh, uh Brunson and those guys, and then they brought in Josh Hart, who I think is an excellent fit to fill out their roster. Yes,
1: yeah, I like Josh Hart.
0: Yeah, they're you know, the Villanova boys are reunited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that, that would have been a huge move from New York now. We don't know what discussions were. We don't know if the Bulls were asking for R.J. Barrett. We don't know if they were asking for Julius Randle back. We don't know if they were asking multiple picks. But to have Zach Levine go into the Big Apple, that would have been huge. New York has been thriving for a superstar since Carmelo Anthony. They've been thriving for somebody. Yes, they got Jalen Brunson. But I think you put that backcourt, it's as good as it gets in the East. You can put that up there with... Dejounte Murray and and Trey Young in the East that that was gonna be a great pairing. So you are right, Mike. That move that get going was pivotal. that could have changed a lot of the landscape in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It was it was it was a lot of trades moving, a lot, a lot of movers and shakers, a lot of teams that made moves and stuff. I like that the um uh, the 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 Bucks got Jay Crowder. I think he fits that aura of that team, the gritty defense. You know what
0: that move was for, Mike. What's up? You know what that move was for, Mike. Let, let's be honest. As as great as Drew Holiday is as a, a elite on ball defender, elite on ball defender. Those guys are, are are still small. They can't guard the wings in the Eastern Conference. So yeah. and, and the Bucks are gunning after one team and one team only. Well, I, I think so- that Jay Crowder uh uh fit was to get bigger in the wing position to go up against. Certain wings in the Eastern Conference. If you remind you, PJ Tucker during their championship run when they had PJ Tucker after losing on the free agency, I, I think the the Bucks think they're they're slick. Mike,
1: I, I think we know why they they went out and got PJ uh, uh, Jay Crowder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the Milwaukee Bucks to me, I believe the the only threats they see in the Eastern Conference are the Celtics and the Sixers. More so, the Boston Celtics because they're the ones that actually beat them last year. Uh, Giannis has never lost to Philadelphia since he's been to, in in Milwaukee in the playoffs. But um, I I do believe they look at Boston as a legitimate threat um, and, and the Sixers as well. So the, when you get a move like this, especially someone who's who's prone to being in big games like Jay Crowder is, um, this this is definitely a counterpart to, to 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 those those two matchups. Those are the only two teams they look at as a threat in the East.
0: No doubt about that. I think the Raptors have a lot of decisions to make in the offseason. We're expecting OG on his, his name to be swirled around. We heard Van Fleet, possibly a guy that, you know, he's wanted, he's got a cheese a champion now, got his money, probably want to go in the situation to contend. Massive has some issues in Toronto. We heard a lot of news. It was interested in OG Ananobi. The Denver Nuggets, Mike, interested in, in I think the West understands they need wings to defend Kevin Durant. So, yeah, yeah. If Golden State in the mix for OG was pivotal. I think that's a key move that didn't happen, too, that I think will be revisited in the offseason. I think, and that,
1: that's actually one of the things I wanted to touch on as well. I'm glad you brought it. I know as soon as Brooklyn made those that trade for KD. I know Thursday morning, a lot of the a lot of those calls that were made to um, to, to to Sean Marks and them was was trying to get some of those that that wing depth that they acquired for for KD. And I'm telling you, because because Brooklyn right now is very wing heavy, and I, the fact that they didn't give up any of those wings and they have all those guys right now, I mean they they have a lot of wing assets, uh, and, and not only for next year. But before the foresee, uh, for j- just to add some more value to their core, there's gonna be a time when when they're gonna be calling back for those wings. I'm telling you, and Brooklyn to me put themselves in a great position by acquiring that all that wing debt. Yeah,
0: Thomas Bryant going to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, unhappy about his situation with Anthony Davis. Even when he's back and banged up, he was playing very extremely well, Mike. With the absence of, but now he's back. Limited role. Once you go to Denver, I don't know how happy you'll be because the Joker, who's the top three player in the game, you might not get him much more minutes as well Thomas Bryant. So we'll, we'll see how that happens. That was a bit of a head-scratcher to me. I think that's great for Denver, though. I, I think Denver gets an added depth when Joker goes to the bench of what they did there. And then Matisse-Thib will to Portland, right? Yeah. Uh, we're always looking to figure out a way to – um, uh, chip Matisse Tybel somewhere. Josh Hart leaves the, the Blazers, but they got Matisse Tybel. I thought that was a little sticky pickup. We'll see if he can go into a new team and develop his game.
1: Yeah, I, I like that for him. I like that for him a lot. My, the, one of the main reasons why the Sixers got rid of Matisse Taubo is because they saw young DeAndre Melton. He was one of the biggest steals in this off-season's, uh free agency when when they acquired him from the Memphis Grizzlies. And and, and not not offensively, not only is he offensively he's... such an upgrade from Matisse Thaibool, but defensively he's shown to be one of the one of the better perimeter defenders that they have on his team. And uh, and and what, that, that that's one of the biggest reasons minutes have continued to increase and Tybus have diminished. So uh um they, they they decided to get rid of get rid of him. It's a great pickup for Portland. And um, it, it, it's, it's, it gives them a bigger version of GP, two, which is one of the reasons why they got rid of Gary Payton and sent him back to the Warriors, because they they basically got a bigger version of him with Matisse Thabo.
0: No doubt about that. Surprised that the Heat, the Golden State Warriors, some of these other teams didn't make any moves, Mike. Pascal Siakam was a guy that I think a lot of teams were targeting. Uh, um, Your thoughts, and those teams didn't make any moves.
1: Well, the Warriors got back GP, too. I think that's a bigger move than what people are giving credit for. I think that's a very good Gary Payton at this moment in time, a, a bench threat on, on both sides of the ball that can get stops for you, win, can win games on the road for you, and things like that. I, I, love, I love that move for them. And, um, yeah, the Miami Heat, I was surprised I didn't really hear too much from them. I thought they would try their best to get off that Duncan Robinson contract. I'm sure they did. They probably didn't get get any uh any uh suitable doers on the other side, so yeah, it's 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 tough, man. When you got these certain these guys that are capped, by but they haven't even played uh, enough minutes to increase their value in in itself on the court, so it's to to warrant that contract. So it's it's a double edged sword with teams like like Miami that are that are strapped with guys like Duncan Robinson who have big time contracts.
0: No doubt there, for sure. Sadiq Bey in Atlanta, I thought that was a
1: huge.
0: They made a big move. People don't know a lot about Sadiq Bey. He gets lost out there in Motown. Now he's in the A with Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. I I, I like what the Hawks are doing. They know Trey Young is a defensive liability, but they're surrounding him. Elite defenders, Sadiq Bey, DeJounte Murray. You've got uh, um, got Clint Capella who can rim protect. They, they're mm-hmm. surrounding Trey Young's defense with the strength to fill out that roster. I thought that was a huge move from Atlanta. And I think Atlanta, now that the Nets could be slipping, Atlanta could be rising in the Eastern
1: Conference. I thought that was a big move, and Bay would be a reason why. Sadiq Bay is a very, very big pickup for them. I think he's one of the more underrated uh, uh, guards in, in the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He really competes at a high level. I, I, I've told you multiple times I covered him when he was in Villanova. He's a mm-hmm. special tech. Good on both sides, and he comes from that, that. That he comes from that. He cuts from that cloth. That Jay, like, Jay Wright, and and, yeah. uh, and 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 that essence of playing both sides and fully development and really an all around player. And, and you see the maturation of his game and offensively. He's he he's improved tremendously since his rookie. Season. And uh, this year, he's one of the best three point shooters in the game. He's uh he's special, man. And this is a big pickup. I actually thought he was going to go to the Warriors. But yeah, Mike. Year, I was there. just gonna.
0: I thought he was gonna go to the Warriors until I went to
1: the Warriors. I thought I was like, that's a big move. That's a big that's a when I first saw it, I was like, that's a big move. The Warriors just got something along with GP2. That would have been huge. But no, him him in Atlanta making noise, especially with the east where it is now, getting worse after the trade deadline. I I do believe this puts Atlanta in a good position. And this is right around the time Atlanta starts to turn it up anyway. So we'll definitely see where how it works out.
0: This is this is what Atlanta does. They get off to these slow starts, and then Trey Young for some reason, gets in the playoff and does damage, right? Last year in Cleveland, the year before that, Madison Square Garden and winning a game seven in Philadelphia. This, this, is, this is Atlanta basketball. They're they, a second-half team. They they, 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 they they kick it to another gear. And Trey Young, for whatever you want to say about the guy, he's 25-9 and nine in the postseason, right? Small sample size, but he, he steps up and shows up, Mike, in the biggest stages. I think now – this roster that they have, with Murray, with Bay, with Clint Capella, is by far the best roster Trey Young has ever had. Even when they made that Eastern Conference final run, I think Atlanta's primed
1: for a run. I really do. Yeah. yeah, 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 but yeah, especially, especially in this Eastern Conference, they 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 can definitely sneak up on some teams. I think once they get to the second round this year, those top three teams are too top heavy, um, you know, and and they'll, they'll they'll definitely go down. I don't see them sneaking up on none of those teams. But 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 to and so, so could they could they potentially get somebody in the first round? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. They're that that they're, they're that talented now and
0: very sneaky. Now I think they could rise, Mike. I think they can they're probably in the what the the the, the playing tournament area. I think they can rise to that four, five, or six spot. Absolutely. I right, we'll see what happens there for you. Mike Muscala going to the Boston Celtics. They added another big that could shoot and stretch the floor. Add that. With the depth that they have with Robert Williams and Al Horford, um, a little bit with Luke Cornett, I, I think Luke Cornett will probably diminish now since uh, they picked up Mike Muscala. Your thoughts about that? Adding more shooting around Brown and Tatum. Your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I definitely like the move for them. Uh, just another another guy. Like they're they're continually trying to look for someone to replace what they would have gotten from Danilo Gallinari. I I, I thoroughly believe Sebi. If if the Boston Celtics still had Danilo Gallinari and he never got hurt, man, this would have been scary. This yeah. would have been very scary. He would have added to that that three point all time uh, uh, mark that you guys were going on from the start of the season. So it's it's um it's gonna be interesting to see. I I, I definitely like the move for them uh, with Boston. Yeah, they man. already have so much depth. So just adding another piece, another shooter, doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, they didn't have to give up anybody, Mike. Uh, two second rounders only for for Mike Muscala, no Peyton Pritchard in a deal, no uh, some of their core pieces that they had to give up. I thought that was a huge move from them. Um, back to Miami. Back to Miami, Mike. I, I think the, the move Miami had to make, it was there. It was there. I don't know why they didn't make it. And it's strange because we know the resume of Pat Riley. Pat Riley is a guy that He's not afraid to make big moves. And when he makes moves, he makes big moves. LeBron James, Shaq to come to L.A., uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, was with the Knicks getting um, Alex and, and some the guys with Charles Oakley being able to pair that up with Patrick Ewing. Pat Riley's never missed when he goes out in free agency. Chris Bartsch, the guy that they needed, Mike, was right there. And he's in Oklahoma City, too. Shea Gilgis Alexander, Mike, is the most mm. disrespected and underrated player in the NBA. You think about the Miami Heat, what are they missing right now? They are missing a score. Jimmy Butler is exceptional when it comes to the post. As great as he is as a two-way player, he's not an elite score. Bam Adebayo has been excellent for them around the paint, but Oladipo's not the same player he is. You've got streaky shooters now. Um on that bench. Duncan Robinson is not even in the in, in the rotation anymore. The guy that they needed is Shea Gilgis Alexander in Oklahoma City. You go out there and you make that blockbuster trade. You give up Tyler Hero. You, you, you throw in maybe Kyle Lowry, a, a lot of picks. That blockbuster trade was the trade that I thought that the Heat needed to make their own big three of Bam Butler and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Pat Riley didn't do that. I thought that was interesting. Shea Gilgis-Alexander does not want part of any rebuild right now in Oklahoma City, Mike. Yes, they got Chet Holgram coming back next year. That's the move Miami needed to make. I think he fits that culture. He's a guy that is is a go-getter. He wants to get it. He got it from a different type of cloth. He plays on the other end of the floor as a, as a big defender at 6'8". That, that's the move the Miami Heat needed to make, and I didn't think they did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know um, the the full details of the deal, and and whether and, and and which side really ultimately didn't want to pull the trigger, but um, that that would have been huge. That that would definitely would have been huge. And um, yeah, I will tell you
0: now, if that happened, Mike, I I throw them up there with with, with the Bucks in the
1: South in the Sixers. I tell you, yeah, that. they they right, they right there with them, and right there with them in the Cavs and all and that. The they right too. there. Yep. They 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 right in that mix if that move was made, but um. Uh, I, I think the urgency wasn't there to make it because of the East getting weaker. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they think about something else after the season or something like that, or got something going on behind the scenes where they can make something happen. I don't know. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do. I do know this Miami, even with the roster they have currently constructed, to me, they're still a they're still a team that that that, that a lot of a lot of teams don't want to see in the first round. Um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. No doubt, no doubt about that.
0: Quickly, Mike, before we close and get to Super Bowl 57, LeBron James, right? The greatest all-time player of all time. Scoring, you know, all-time scorer of all time, LeBron James, adding to his his GOAT resume that most think there is and most don't, you know. That was just another milestone trying to make that. Talk to us where you was at watching that game, uh, if you were watching the game, per se. Um, what does that mean for his legacy? Um, and when we look back at this in, in in 10 years, 20 years down the line, talk to us about the greatest of LeBron James. I, I think as as much haters that he has, he has a lot of fans, too. I, I want to get your thoughts. What does this mean for the game of basketball, what he
1: just accomplished? Um, I, I was, um, I was just getting off of work, so it was halftime when I, when I first walked in the house, and I just started watching in the third quarter, so once he got, once I saw that he had 20 at half, I'm like, he getting against OKC, 16 points, he's probably gonna need that for them to come back and win, yeah, he probably get it tonight, he probably won't even wait till Thursday anymore, so I watch it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I see the way he's going in that third, I'm like, oh yeah, he's definitely gonna get it, so I was in a I ended up being in the house watching the game and stuff like that. It was dope, dope to see and stuff like that. It was cool. Um, it, we, we knew it was coming at some point. Uh, the, the, the longevity, the work that you put in the, to to be consistent for all these years, I think that that's one of the biggest keys, and that's one of the biggest things he's done. Is um, is he shown the the, the work ethic over time? He's never really, uh, cheated the game as as, as we know. So it, I think that, I think the biggest thing is the longevity. And uh, being able to, to to tackle this this peak over time, has been a, it's, it's a dope accomplishment.
0: Definitely is with Kareem Abdul Jabbar there, giving him the passing of the torch with the ball. I, I thought that was a special moment there as well. But it's gonna be gonna be a great feeling, no doubt about that. There for sure. That wraps up our first segment of the show. When we come back, Mike, all roads lead back to Arizona Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, he won his second league in in six seasons. And the Philadelphia Eagles, who's had the best record in pro football this year. The Seve Podcast Radio Show live and streaming here on WNSC Radio. Back here on the second segment of our show today, Super Bowl 57, Mike. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and company with Patrick Mahomes going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, right? The Philadelphia Eagles just five seasons ago won their first title in franchise history. They're trying to make it too, but this time with a new cast of Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and company. It sets up for an elite clash, Mike. Obviously, these two teams were by far the best teams in their conference, best two teams predominantly in the regular season. Um, Heartbreaking loss for the Cincinnati Bengals. I really thought Cincinnati would be here, Mike. Uh, Just uh, the willing of Patrick Mahomes, willing his way, bonehead play at the end, pushing him out of bounds. Uh, I really thought Cincinnati was primed to get back here, but Patrick Mahomes just found a way to get there. So this sets up a, a, a monumental clash. In, the, in Arizona, Mike. You, initial thoughts, X factors for this game, things to watch out for, things that you think will be exposed. How, how you think this is going to be panning out?
1: Uh, I do believe. I, I, I do. Believe, I think it's going to be high scoring, so Mike. Believe, yep. I do. Believe both offenses will come to play, and I do believe that they will manage the game enough. I don't. I don't see a scenario where Kansas City can inevitably consistently stop the run or or be able to stop the play. If they can't stop the run, then the play action is going to hit them over the side. So there's going to be situations where they're going to have to send pressure and send blitzes. And that's going to put them in binds on the one-on-ones in the backside. Also on the other end, I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to make plays. Um, I do believe that um that he's going to get the ball out quick to his guys, and they're going to be in space to make plays and stuff like that. So I do believe scoring-wise, is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, and it's going to come down to who has the ball last.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. I think I agree with you, Mike. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I I really do. I, I I'm I'm putting it out right now. First one to thirty-five or forty. I think it's going to be up to those points. Patrick Mahomes having two weeks to prepare and and heal that ankle or that leg injury he had. I think that's going to bode well for him. It's the long this this the longest he'll have rest um since that game. I think added rest for Patrick Mahomes spells trouble. Um, the only way that I see this Eagle, this, this chief's offense struggling is if Mahomes doesn't get the ball out quick, like you said, Mike, and let this pass rush get there. Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick, and and, and Barnett, those, Derek Barnett, those guys are coming. So I think the game plan for Andy Reed is to get the ball out quick. Do not let this pass rush get going because when they get up to that other gear, it, it's going to be a problem. So, I think the Chiefs, they're going to know that. They're going to be balanced on offense, play action, a couple screens. I think they're not going to be able to run the football. I think they're running the football will be bubble screens in space to Tooney, to some of these guys, Travis Kelsey over the middle. Get the ball out quick. You do not want this Eagles pass rush to get into Patrick Mahomes when they know Patrick Mahomes may not even be 100%. And then on the other side of the ball, I'm looking at this Chiefs front. With Chris Jones and some of these guys, Frank Clark, how are they going to deal with the run? Because, you know, when you play Philly, the number one thing you need to do is stop the run. Jalen Hurts, you got uh, Boston Scott, you've got Miles Sanders. They run the football and they run the football. They've got the best offensive line in football. These guys are nasty, Mike. Jason Kelsey is elite. He's a future Hall of Famer at the center position. I want to see how he goes. That's my X factor of the game. Chris Jones versus Jason Kelsey. That's mm-hmm. the X factor because if they can run the football, you're right. It sets up AJ Brown. It sets up Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard over the middle. And we've seen, we, we've seen Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and some of these guys burn them in the secondary because there are some holes in that Chiefs secondary if yes. you can hold up. So that, that's my X factor for the game. Chris Jones versus Jason Kelsey. Whoever wins that battle in the trenches – Two future Hall of Famers right there gonna go at it. I think those are my my keys to the matchup, but also those are my free rights factors.
1: Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Jason Kelsey is gonna be big in this game. That entire offensive line that they, they 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 go off him and his momentum. He's one of the best I've ever seen at his position. I mean, he was true 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 uh, uh gridiron king, true true legend, true trench warrior. Um, is is it, I love watching Jason Kelsey play, and uh, I just don't see a scenario where the Chiefs defensive line have an answer for what they bring. That offensive line, to me, is by far the best in football, and it, is, it hasn't been remotely close all season long, so um, hats off to to, to the Eagles. I, I think that offensive line is going to dominate. I think one of the, when the matchups is this Kansas City secondary against those wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be tested mightily, yeah. and uh, a lot of the onus is going to be on them. Will they will they be disciplined enough to stay out of out of foul out of foul trouble um and and playing the ball and be sound in their step? So I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup. Another thing
0: to watch out for is, is Kansas City has struggled with their receiving court um outside of obviously Travis Kelsey. Um it, 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 who, who's gonna create separation, right? Darius Slay is gonna be out there with um uh, James Bradbury on the other side. Somebody's gonna have to be able to create separation. Valdez Scantling stepped up in that game with Cincinnati, but who will it be this time? Will it be Juju Smith-Schuster? Will it be Tooney? Somebody got to step up. I I think a lot of eyes is going to be on Kelsey with this whole Kelsey bowl thing going on that they got going with the brothers. A lot of eyes going to be on Travis Kelsey. Somebody's going to have to win one-on-one and create that separation. Patrick Mahomes will not just be able to dink and dunk or just go in, in intermediate routes to Travis Kelsey. Somebody else got to step up in, in that in that receiving mm-hmm. court because you're right, Mike. I think Slay and Bradbury will be up for the task.
1: Yeah, 100%. They definitely will be, and they've been competitive all season long, and you've got that safety. Uh, uh, Gardner Johnson uh, mm-hmm. in the back in the form as well. So I, I like where the Eagles secondary is, 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 is how they're shaped up. Uh, I know they'll be ready to go, but um, it's going to be fun, man. It's a great matchup. I do believe it's high scoring, and I <laughs> the ball at? It's going to be very, hard.
0: yeah. very, very entertaining game. I'm excited. Um, another th- key to watch out for, I think that could play to the Chiefs factor. This is the Chiefs third Super Bowl in 2019, 2020. We know they got blasted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then they're back in the Super Bowl now. That's three Super Bowl appearances in four years. The Eagles first in five years. Young team, a lot of those players that won the championship in 2017 aren't here, it's outside of uh, Jason Kelsey. Um, so we're, that's going to be interesting. A young team against veterans like Mahomes and, and Andy Reid that that, that 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 that's kind of a uh, something to watch out for. Will there be jitters? We know Jalen Hurts has played in big games, Alabama in national championship games under Nick Saban, so he won't be phased by the moment, Mike. But I think that's something to watch out for, Nick Serini in his first Super Bowl against Andy Reid, who's playing in his fourth, being able to get to the Chiefs in three and then one with the Eagles when he was with the Eagles um, with Donovan McNabb. I think that's something to watch out for, too.
1: Yeah, 100%. I do believe there will be some jitters early on from not only Jalen Hurts, but from the Philadelphia Eagles in general right now, first-year head coach, first year, uh, first-time quarterback, and things of that nature. So I do believe there will be some jitters early on from the Eagles. But I do – eventually they'll settle in. And they'll be there. They'll, they'll look like their normal selves, and then, and, and um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, man. It, they'll definitely make a game out of it.
0: No doubt, no doubt about that. I got a game for you, Mike. We typically play this with with our guests, but this is gonna be a fun game. We're gonna do prop bets, prop bets for the Super Bowl in this game. It's gonna be over and under. You tell me if the stat is gonna be over or is it gonna be under. I'll start off with Travis Kelsey. He's got to get seventy eight yards receiving.
1: I'm going to say over. Mm,
0: Travis Kelsey over 78 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 292 yards passing.
1: Oh, it's going to be right around that. I'm going to say
0: over. You're going to say over there. Okay, okay. Jalen Hurts, he's got to get 46 yards rushing. Over.
1: Over. Mm,
0: interesting, interesting. Uh, A.J. Brown, 70.5 receiving yards. Over. Mm, Interesting, interesting there. Devontae Smith, 55 yards receiving.
1: Over. Rihanna.
0: Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show, Mike, is expected to be around 13 minutes. You think it will be over or under that? You say over? Oh, yeah, I I I would bet on that there as well. The coin flip between the Chiefs and the Eagles, heads or tails. Whoever wins the coin flip, will they win the game? Yes or no? Whoever wins the coin toss, will they win the game? Yes. You say yes. Okay. Yes. I'm, a, I'm, a differ I'm, no. I'm no. I, I I'm a different with you there. I'ma say no. I'm I'ma say no. I'm I'm say no on that. Anything can any likely possibility can happen. Yes or no? Will we see an onside kick in this ball game, Mike? Mm. Over under Mike, how many punts will we see in this game? Five is the number.
1: Um um, I'm gonna say over. You gonna say over? I'm yeah. gonna say
0: under Philadelphia, like to go a lot on fourth downs, I, and, and the Chiefs are a pretty aggressive team, too. I'm, I'm gonna say yeah. under five. Yeah, not that's that's, that's, that's what's gonna be in it. And last but not least, Mike, who will be Super Bowl 57 champions in Glendale, Arizona? The Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Expand on that, Mike. Why do you think the Eagles will win their second title in five years? Why Why do you think the Eagles will, will ultimately defeat Andy Reid and, and the
1: Chiefs? I believe this Super Bowl goes some, somewhere similar to how the, the last Super Bowl went for the Philadelphia Eagles. I do believe there'll be a high-scoring matchup. I believe it's a situation where will be a nip and tuck back and forth, and it's going to come down to the one play made on the defensive side of the ball from somebody. And I do believe that one play is going to be made by someone on the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're going to put themselves in a position at the end of the game to win, whether it's by field goal or by touchdown, whatever the case may be. But I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles, with their complete package, they're going to find themselves in a situation where they're going to um, uh, be able to make a big play, a game-changing play down the stretch to alter the, uh, the, the outcome of the game. No doubt, no doubt about that. Who will be Super Bowl 57
0: MVP if the Eagles were to win the title, Mike? I'm going to roll with Jalen Hurts. Wow, wow. What a story that would be. What a story yeah. that would be. I know somewhere uh, Michael Vick and Donovan McNabb would be smiling if he could hoist that and head back to Philadelphia when in a city, Mike, Philadelphia fans, you know how crazy they are. They're they're a blue-collar city. I think they'll be happy to see that, that's that. That would be a, a storybook ending in the making for sure. 100%. No doubt. No doubt about that. Uh, other key headlines, Mike, um, the Kelsey Bowl. Obviously, we know these are the two f- um, first black quarterbacks. They're going to be head to head in a Super Bowl. We've never seen that ever. Um, A.J. Brown and also uh, Nick Bolton. They went to the same high school. A, a lot of headlines. Andy Reid, former team, the Eagles. Facing them in a Super Bowl as a Chief, there's a lot of great storylines in the Super Bowl. I think we just need to buckle up and we'll, we'll, we'll be enjoying the ride.
1: Yeah, yeah. To get two, two, with two of them that stand out to me involve the coaches. One, Andy Reid going against his former team. Not only he has a chance to get a second Super Bowl with the Chiefs, but he has a chance to do it against his former team, something he couldn't do with his long tenure with Philadelphia. And on the other side, you have Nick Sirianni, second year head coach comes in this situation and he's he has an opportunity to do something quicker than what andy reed that, and something that andy reed couldn't do in philadelphia and that's deliver a championship so it's, it's definitely some it's definitely um a couple of storylines to me on, on both sides with the coaches
0: no doubt no doubt about that there for sure mike this is your closing argument this is where you make your initial decision and, and you stamp on it go ahead and take it away
1: Sebi, I'm going to keep this short and simple. This is going to be the best Western Conference playoffs you've ever seen in your life. Mm. That is how bold I'm coming. With, with, with the matchups, with, the, with the, the, the entire paradigm shift, all the traction that the Eastern Conference and the NBA was making over the last couple of years, and there was a legitimate argument saying that they could have been better than the West at certain points, that, that's gone completely out the window. Now, 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 with these moves, Kyrie going to Dallas, Kevin Durant going to Phoenix, um, the, the Denver Nuggets still playing well. The Clippers made moves. Uh, it's just too many teams. The Warriors still intact. The Memphis Grizzlies, like it's, it's too many teams intact. From a collateral perspective, to say that the Eastern Conference is back is back is on par with these guys. Majority of the star power in the NBA is on the Western Conference, is in the West. And it reminds me of watching basketball growing up when the West was so dominant, and it feels like we've gotten back to that point. And to me, with everything on the line, with all these storylines, with all the sense of urgency from a lot of these teams, and we saw a sign of that in the trade deadline, I believe that these Western Conference playoffs will bring out some immense competition, and this will be some of the best uh, playoffs that you've ever seen on the Western conference in a long time. I believe the East will be very competitive as well. So I believe totally from a totality perspective, it'll be a great playoffs. But from the West on the Western side Western Conference side this year, with everything going on with the sense of urgency from all these teams, I do believe this will be one of the best we've ever seen. No
0: doubt, no doubt about that difference. Sure. <laughs> if that's the case, Mike, we're gonna be ready and I'm we in for a treat. I'm in <laughs> this if that's the case. Speaking of the Clippers, they made a a big move too. We didn't talk about that. Eric Gordon aired that up on the bench with, with Powell. I think they've got Kawhi PG. Now they've got Norman Powell with Another bonus guy that can get his own bucket and headboard. I think that's going to be huge for the uh, Clippers too. We didn't talk about that much, but that that's going to be about thirty or forty points off the bench when you talk about Powell and Gordon off the bench. That's going to be huge for them too.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 Acquiring Gordon was was big for them. Uh, it, it was huge. Um, I like I, li- I like the move of that. Um, you know, sending in Reggie Jackson to the Hornets for for Miles Plumley or Mason Plumley. Oh. Um, yeah, adding another big to go along with Box. <clears throat> I like that move as well. So the Clippers made some sound themselves. They just want to get the playoffs. I think they, I think they just tired the regular season and everything that comes with it. They're just ready for the playoffs.
0: They know what they know
1: what they're going to be measured by. Yep, we know what they are, Tylu and those guys. One thing
0: about Cinderella, they like to get in the dance. It's time for the ballroom to happen. That ends our show tonight uh, uh, for our great show, Myself and Michael Gray, Season 4, Episode 10 of our show. Folks, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy All-Star Weekend coming up next week. We've got tons to talk about. We- we're excited to see how these new familiar faces play with their teams. It's going to be tons to talk about, and we'll be seeing you guys next week. Peace. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight, if you enjoyed this show, and frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebu Podcast is wherever you go.